0: In the 2000s, teens were IMing and asking, is your MySpace song about me? In the 2010s, they were all watching Vines and getting free shivakadoos at Del Taco. Fast forward to today, and what does our hyper-connected Gen Z students care about? What's the Wi-Fi password? Thank you for tuning into What's the Wi-Fi Password? a place where we have conversations about topics and issues that are relevant to the teens in our generation and how to point them towards the gospel. Here you will find teachings from our youth team at Calvary Monterey, as well as conversations with other leaders and members of our church. If you have any questions or would like to learn more about the podcast, please email Joshua Shively at joshuas at calvary.com. Hope you enjoy the show.
1: Everybody
2: out there, and welcome to another episode of What's the Wi-Fi Password, a podcast that is dedicated to Gen Z and just kind of everything that goes along with that. My name is Joshua Shively. I'm the youth pastor at Calvary Monterey down here in the beautiful central coast of California. I've been here about five years and just really enjoying this Generation Z and doing ministry with them. And so if you listen to our podcast before, you know, we kind of talk about all kinds of different things um, from just social issues to social media to you and your, I don't know, romance issues, all that kind of stuff. No, I'm joking. But um, today I'm really excited because I have one of, I don't know, my favorites in the room today. Go and say hi, dude. How's it going, everybody? (laughs) So if you don't know that voice, that is Ian Anderson. Uh, He is one of my youth leaders here at Calvary. Been with me for over two years now, serving and being a part of the youth ministry in many different facets. Uh, Mostly he runs a small group of our juniors and seniors, uh, junior and senior guys. Uh, But he's also been with me multiple camps and uh, just outings and senior trips and just kind of everything that entails, I guess, everything but a mission trip so far because of COVID and all that, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, did have a chance this summer, but (laughs) he's got other plans. So anyway, Ian, how you doing, man?
1: I'm doing pretty good. I'm enjoying the weather today Mm -hmm. after about two weeks of rain. It's nice to have a week of clear sun. So basket it up every chance I get. Absolutely and you're a runner right? Mm-hmm. You go and run. How many miles do you run today? Uh, just six. I'm starting to taper down because I got a race uh, about a week and a half so I get to do more maintenance work which is really fun. Okay. So, mentally it's a lot easier.
2: How do you maintenance while you run? I'm, I'm curious. I'm not a runner. How tall are you? I'm six one. Okay and I'm 5'7 and three quarters. <laughs> uh, how much do you weigh? Uh, 190. Okay and I'm about 215. So there's a little difference in our build. So I'm more of a sprinter, like, yeah. a, like a dwarf, and you're more of an elf runner, right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. maybe
1: not <laughs> full on elf, you can have yeah. human or, or ranger, Hyper- I'll, I'll take one of the Dunedain Rangers. Oh, there you go. One of the elves, but yeah, yeah. Nice, okay. Well, cool, so you got a race coming up, when's your race? Uh, that'll be February 5th, nice, yeah. Man. And yeah, the maintenance for it is is fun because it's just a lot more specific and it's very intentional and every, you know, every workout you do has a purpose, but especially when you're in a taper setting. And I was a lifelong swimmer. And so we would taper just to the nth degree for, you know, championship meets for that. And so it's nice to kind of go back into that domain of like, okay, yeah, no, this hour that I'm out running or on a trail or you know, this is all gonna add up and have a really specific purpose.
2: Okay, so even how you, walk,
1: like how your foots land, that, or your mm-hmm. foots land, your feet land yeah, yeah, and all that kind of, is that strike. the maintenance, that's, that's yeah, more? That, that's yeah, that's some of it, that's a technique, and okay. the other is pace, yeah. and just warm up and making sure that I'm not hurting myself. <laughs> okay, that's good, man, all right. Why do you run? Um, I got into it mainly just as a healthy habit because I, you know, was a lifelong swimmer. I swam through college. And then I've always been active and, you know, I love lifting weights, but I just kind of was in this position where I didn't really have access. You know, this is also during lockdown, I didn't really have access to a gym because my friend that I would work out with in a garage, he moved away. And then uh, a couple other people kind of moved away. So I was like, okay, I want to fill my time with something that is that I really enjoy and it's also really going to benefit me. And so I just picked up. Trail running and running in general, and I haven't really looked back since. You know, besides. (laughs) Except to look at your foot pattern. Yeah, except to look at the foot pattern, and then, you know, when I do hurt myself or fall down the trail and have to, you know, lie on the couch for a couple
2: days. (laughs) All right, that works. That works. Uh, Well, Ian, um, I guess other than running, kind of just tell a little bit about yourself. How old are you? Kind of, what phase of life are you at, looking Mm -hmm. at right now? Um, And then I'd love to get into some of the questions.
1: Yeah, so I'm 25. I just had my birthday, you know, a couple weeks ago. And, yeah, I'm in the stage of life that's post-grad and, you know, I was in professional field. Uh, I have a background in the arts, and so I had a really awesome position in that. But then kind of with listening to the Lord and seeing kind of different steps that I could take my future, I took a step back from that, and I'm focusing on the next stage, which would be uh, second degree and master's, um, but also holding it, you know, in a, an open hand, too, so God can really just try to influence that. But... Yeah, uh, I graduated in 2020 from my undergrad, and that was out in the Midwest at a really small private liberal arts school. And then, you know, just kind of doing it in chunks. You know, before that, I was in high school here. I actually was a homeschooler here. In Monterey? Yeah, in Monterey, Mm -hmm. and uh, I did concurrent enrollment, and so when I was in high school, I would do you know, a section of classes at home and then a large portion at the community college at MPC. Oh, gotcha. so that was really, really cool. I had mm-hmm. a couple friends that I was able to do that with and mm-hmm. kind of interact with, and actually, you know, we all went to this youth group as well. Oh, okay. So it was really cool. It was fantastic. Kind of have, it was called Equip back then, Equip oh, High School okay. Ministry. Gotcha. Uh, Way before my time. hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This mm-hmm. was Matt Gersandi Grisand- uh, days and then George Butts. Yeah. Okay. Kind of had that pocket kind of follow me, which was great
2: okay so
1: you have you still know a lot of these guys that you went to the youth group here at Calvin Monterey oh yeah Yeah. no I yeah I stay in touch with them all the time um can I have my closest friends like still to this day are you know this core group of three guys that I swim with and you know we would go here on you know the days would change around but it was Sunday nights for a little bit and it was Friday nights and then (laughs) you know whatever other night but okay yeah and then I get to see them sometimes, you know, other guys that I haven't seen in like six or seven years. Right. I mean, they will they, come back sometimes for holidays or uh, to visit, or they're passing through, and it's just kind of like a blast from the past and okay, really really fun to see that connection grow and be sustained.
2: I didn't realize your youth uh, group career uh, intertwined with my
1: predecessor George Butts. Mm-hmm. So how many years did you have him? Like your I years? had him. Let's see. I think only for about a year because yeah. So I was saved when I was sixteen. Um, the summer of 2014. Okay. And yeah, I'm also just spilling all my secrets right now because I always keep my age close to, you know, those cards close to my chest (laughs) with you. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm talking to some middle schoolers. How old do you think I am? They think I'm 40 and I just kind of let them go with it. (laughs) Um, But no, so I'm 25. I was in high school up until 2016. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so I was saved when I was 16 and I was with Matt for about a year year and a half. And then he started, that's when he was phasing out and planning the refuge, Salinas. Salinas, yeah. And that's when George came on board. And so they worked together for a little bit Mm -hmm. in that summer. And then so for my senior year, it was all George. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. So you
2: have seen three generations of youth pastors here at Calvary. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to ask you which one is best because (laughs) I think I I know. Uh, I'm just going to say, I'm pretty sure I know. Um, All right. So you got saved at 16. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, so, what was that like, man? What was what was coming to the Lord at sixteen? Kind of uh, just a short kind of rendition of what was your process? What was your mental process? Just kind of what were your first thoughts as you came to the youth group and decided to make that decision? You know, mm-hmm. was it was it a moment? Was it kind of a season that you decided to do that? Kind of what was your what was your process?
1: Yeah, so I didn't I didn't grow up in a in a Christian household, but I started going to this youth group. You know a couple times really every couple months just because my closest friends all attended here and we would kind of go in a group and so I kind of met some people here I knew of people that went to the youth group but the reason I, I was saved on a missions trip and so where were you guys today, going? we were in Mexico oh so they let
2: you go to Mexico before you were like a saved
1: Christian huh mm-hmm. oh cool yeah uh I'm forever thankful for you know to Matt for that because I, the only reason I went there was because I didn't want to spend two weeks alone swimming doubles without my friends. <laughs> that makes sense. And, That's uh, a reason to, go to Mexico. And they all wanted me to come. And I remember, yeah, my mom was on the phone with Matt and I was like, I don't really know who Matt is. And he's like, oh, Ian, yeah, one of the swimmers. I'd love for him to come. And that was kind of just that first, like, this is different. Like, oh, this he knows is, me. Yeah, like this <laughs> is, I feel exposed. Um, I wasn't leading a, a good lifestyle like at 16 and there are a lot of things that I like shouldn't have done, but what that did, that created a, a will to not go. That created a Mm. lot of fear and anxiety around going just because, you know, looking back on it now, it's really clear that that was very much the enemy trying to keep me in those bounds and keep me on that side of the field. Gotcha. And so it wasn't a specific day of when I was in Mexico. It was, really a concurrent four days in a row where I didn't know what was happening to me, but I've never, up until that point, I had never felt, um, kind of those tugs in my heart or even thought on the intellectual side, that series or process of thoughts Mm -hmm. of thinking about grace, thinking about, you know, God's love, thinking about children and what it means to be a son of God and have him as our father. And so with that, you know, my friends were a core aspect of that because they were very much clued into where I was with my background and my Hmm. personally with my faith and how I wasn't, you know, stepping into that. And I didn't, I hadn't stepped into that.
2: What would you have called yourself before that time in Mexico?
1: Agnostic? I I would say agnostic. Yeah. Not an atheist because I always kind of thought that was a just a bleak kind of outlook, yeah. but, you know, from a Christian standpoint. Atheism is bleak? I like that, okay. But even from, you know, a Christian standpoint, you know, agnostic or atheist, you're it's still, you're still cutting yourself off from, from Christ. And so okay. I would have liked to believe in a God, but I didn't know how to pursue it. I didn't know how to entertain it. I didn't know how to yeah. really contend with it. Okay. All right. So time in Mexico
2: and then, from that point on, were you pretty consistent in youth group and being a part of it and being kind
1: of the one of the main, the main guys here? Yeah. I, you know, scheduling with being an athlete, you know, through all of whack, mm-hmm. but that summer was fantastic. And it was definitely that, you know, you see with a lot of new Christians that exponential like just sugar high yeah. that just the spirit just takes them <laughs> and spirit take, high, like, take like it full <laughs> advantage of that because it's, it's beautiful. Um, and the Lord can really direct that in really unique and honoring ways. But I kind of fell off from the youth group just a little bit, me and my friends did, because of our own scheduling conflicts, but we were able to, ooh,
2: that that was (laughs) horrible. Sorry, I got a
1: text message and that was
2: bad. I'm so sorry, everybody. Go ahead, keep that's going okay. go ahead. It,
1: that was actually our, our bell system. We have, a, or no, we actually have a wind chimes right now. It's oh, a, oh, there you go. We're not we're not in the recording studio. We're on we're on the beach. Yeah, and then we're wind chimes. We wind chimes us. on the on the beach. Yeah, <laughs> hanging from a palm tree. We're oh, in Barbados. Okay, that's right. Yeah, we're not Monterey. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry, man. No, I'm sorry. all good. Uh, go ahead, keep going. But we were we were able to stay consistent in our faith and just with talking and conversation within ourselves, and then scheduling with the youth group. That changed and so we were able to lock in 100% and really commit like week in and week out to participating and being fed and being nurtured by this youth group and mm-hmm. that was so so transformative to have the leaders pour out on me and I mean Jamie Harper was like one of my go-to guys and, and now you're serving with him. and now I get to serve with him yeah and so seeing that there are you know there are uh, people that work at Refuge with Matt right now that were my youth leaders you know Bernard yeah. here. Our tech guy. Uh, he yeah. was on the last podcast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Pat Hawks, who plays bass on Sunday mornings and also okay. a teacher at Trinity. Yeah. Um, so it was really, really just flat out awesome to be fed by such a well-rounded group of youth leaders. Mm. And then, yeah, by senior year I was definitely still on a different foundation, different place than my friends that had grown up in the church as far as their discipline or kind of commitment to scripture Mm -hmm. because I didn't have a lot of those muscle memory kind of facets of routine dialed in. Yeah. yeah. We weren't raised with it. Yeah. But that was just a great launching pad, um, as a young man. That's cool. Mm -hmm. So almost
2: like, you don't. from what I hear from you, are you really, you know, not being raised in the church, right? Not being Mm -hmm. raised with the Bible and thoughts of God, or even as you put it, like you had no foundation of how to pursue God. Mm -hmm. Um, do you consider yourself pretty blessed that in your teenage years you you were given this opportunity to, to experience like like healthy ministry, healthy church, healthy community and all those things.
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah. When I yeah, when I think about the opportunities that I was given and the opportunities that I pursued, it's 100% looking at in the scope of of Jesus and him pursuing me. And it really is, you know, mm. the sheep going to the fold or, you know, the shepherd going after the, nice. the one, the one, the mm-hmm. one sheep.
2: Yeah. Ian was the one sheep <laughs> Nice man. going okay. all
1: down the hills.
2: Okay. And then, uh, so you graduated from little Monterey mm-hmm. and you went away to college for, mm-hmm. for a time. And, yeah. um, how was your faith walk during that? You know, if you work with juniors and, or you work mm-hmm. with the seniors, right? Mm-hmm. The upperclassmen or juniors and seniors guys. Um, and so, you know, looking at where they're at, mm-hmm. they're about ready to step into where mm-hmm. you just kind of came out of a couple years ago. You know, how was your faith walk during that time of college and kind of experiencing that life? Because you went, you went away to a university. Mm-hmm. You were part of a, a frat house,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Like, so how was your faith during that time, man? It was. It was. There's a. I think about that every, every day. Oh uh, really? It's still yeah. pretty fresh, huh? Not that it's fresh, but it's something that I am always gleaning from, mm-hmm. and it's something that is always informing me. As far as how I can talk to the guys in the small group, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as far as, you know, better understanding of myself. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's not that it's just so fresh because it does take me a bit to like recollect, but as with any experiences, you can use them as a data point for, you know, improvement. So Hmm. going in was rock, rock solid, but it was just a difficult environment to be a Christian, Mm -hmm. you know, as... It is in a lot of spaces right now. And it, it was a very small, private uh, liberal arts school. Mm-hmm. And I was an art major as well. I studied yeah. photography. So <laughs> I, w- I wasn't necessarily going into a, a strong community of, of believers I'm as sure. it was. Yeah, some and diverseness in there probably. Yeah, yeah. And you know, diversity of thought is always, it's it, it can be awesome. Mm-hmm. But once it stops being diversity of thought and it's just all one think tank, yeah. operating in one kind of way like an echo chamber kind of yeah that's yeah. when you know mm-hmm. the growth will really stop and uh i did get set in with the church but it just wasn't it wasn't tight enough um i wasn't tightly set into it yet and i had all these other commitments that i really wanted to give 100 percent to that was you know a relationship i was in the swim team that i was on mm-hmm. the different boards that i was a part of or clubs that i was on mm-hmm. um there was a there's a phenomenon that was talked about quite often at my university which is uh it was called the the second i think it was second semester fatigue okay where it's like your first semester you get all built up and you get really excited yeah and then what happens your second semester basically until you graduate is the fatigue because you've (laughs) overcommitted and you overextended yourself because there's so much that you can do okay so i got hit with that and uh yeah, my faith just really took a, a really sharp turn mm-hmm. and I tried to hold on, but it was also partly, it was hard to find a community of believers that I could really connect with and have agreements on in theology. Mm-hmm. And then it was also hard for me to, you know, really honestly not give in to certain aspects of peer pressure and not cave to, you know, systems of the world. So I've, I remember having like repeated conversations with myself in my brain on the way to walk into the pool. You know, can I call myself a Christian now? Like, mm, you're walking in kind of that conviction, yeah, and that like kind of guilt. And, yeah, you know, am I, yeah, am I, are the steps that I'm taking right now, are those good enough to be a Christian? Mm. Can I call myself a Christian? Can I even hang out with Christians right now? What does it mean to be a Christian? Yeah. I'm Christian only in name right now because I was taking stock of my life and being like, there's nothing that holds up with my actions or with, you know, even my outlook or my perspective or my opinion of people, like that's not lining up. And that was really heartbreaking, but it was just kind of this, you know, butter-coated tarp that I was just sliding down and couldn't (laughs) butter-coated tarp I like that yeah when you're on the butter-coated tarp of life you know it's it's It's, pretty you
2: gotta you gotta sink your 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 heels in yeah because you're gonna keep sliding yeah so would you say during that time it sounds like you had lots of community right Mm -hmm. your swim team your frat house probably Mm -hmm. your classmates things Mm -hmm. like that but do you think if you had or you had plugged into a a bible-believing community of of young college students who were you know, like Proverb says, "sharp ironing, sharpening iron." Mm-hmm. You were up, you were holding each other up, you were holding each other accountability. Do you think you would have been in a better spot, a more secure spot, during that time?
1: I, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think about that, you know, quite a bit. You know, mm-hmm. what it, what it would look like if I went to a different college, what if I went to you know that same college, but then was able to plug in with a live at church okay. or you know a Bible group, yeah. and not just you know
2: go on you know Sunday morning. I, I guess what I'm asking is, what what would have been a cementing factor for you like what would have been something that would have been of the utmost importance to keep you on you know the straight and narrow during mm-hmm. that time of college you know when there mm-hmm. is so much going on like you said like probably just the fatigue of, yeah. of just trying to be an adult and mm-hmm. yeah, going through this you know so what, yeah. what would have been of the utmost importance for your faith during that time
1: yeah committing uh i think to a church okay. and not doing the church shopping aspect of
2: oh, okay. I want the
1: kind of the church to serve me. Yeah. Oh.
2: Doing the what typical, you can, like Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, young adult thing. Mm-hmm. What do they
1: got for me? Type of thing. Yeah. More. And yeah, you know, it's incredibly important to discern the church that you're in or the church that you're, you know, about to attend. That's incredibly important, but there's that line it can cross where yeah. you know, it becomes the self-serving like, okay, well, Hey, is this going to fit my image? Is this going to contribute to me? Definitely. It's not a, how is it's, it? it goes as far away as possible from a kingdom mindset. Okay. Um, So that was one. Um, Another aspect was mentors uh, and mentorship. And another aspect is, you know, freshman and then sophomore year into junior year, the only most 95, 99% of the Christians I knew were were girls. Yeah. And so there weren't any guys that I could connect with on a foundational like moral level. Gotcha, gotcha. You just had a lot of game and so girl
2: is that what it is yeah or what does gen Z say you had a lot of riz riz you had a lot of yeah riz. Riz. you're a big old risley bear yeah. riz, that's a new one i found that one out last night i was oh, on uh man. what is it urban dictionary urban dictionary and, yeah my daughter was she said it she's all dad you're a risley bear with mom and i was like what are you calling me right now uh, so i had to look it up you put but, those words back in your mouth young lady <laughs> yeah basically so, all right. So the connection with other guys, mm-hmm. mentorship, discipleship, mm-hmm. plugging into a church, kind of stepping out of that boyhood of like being served in youth mm-hmm. ministry into like more of a manhood mm-hmm. of like, where can I serve in a mm-hmm. community and be a part of, um, and so that was, those were some of the important things then, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I would say, uh, it's really cool for you to, to explain that and kind of like dissect that because as we look at our juniors and seniors, you know, here, here at Jesus Famous Youth, um, that's one of our goals. You know, mm-hmm. if I were to line out 10 goals for kind of each class, especially right. seniors, um, is that they would find, like, the importance, right, The, the mm-hmm. in a sense, the value of being mentored, being discipled, mm-hmm. having accountability, and ultimately plugging back into a church, serving in a church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that's something that keeps people going to church and being being connected is when they know they have value, that if they show up, it matters, yeah. right? Um, I think it's one of the things why we have such an amazing youth team is because when you guys don't show up, it matters because mm-hmm. you guys run the small groups. They're, they're, those are your teams. I, I'm just the guy on stage that teaches. <laughs> you guys are the ones that that do the dirty work, man. You're 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 in the ditch with these kids, walking through a lot of the issues. And so <laughs> when you don't show up, the kids, you know, they 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 care, man. Yeah, that's really <laughs> cool. Okay, so you walk through that season. Um, you know, what at what point uh, did you? start kind of getting back into that that faith walk and understanding that Jesus loves you just as much Mm -hmm. as when you were 18 to when you graduated college. And then you came back to Monterey, Mm -hmm. right? And like we connected pretty quick, man. Yeah. We did. Um, yeah. so I'd love to hear that kind of transition and then kind of we'll step into this last couple of years, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I was, so I was in a relationship, uh, all throughout college with a female. Yeah. Yeah. Just <laughs> just, just clarifying. Just clarifying. <laughs> and, um, it was really special because freshman year, I got to see her get baptized. Okay. And that was really, really positive in a lot of ways. And also, you know, not so positive in a lot of other ways yeah. at the same time, just with, you know, how relationships can be when you think you have all the independence in the world or, mm-hmm. uh, all the agency. So that was my main kind of point of accountability or faith was, was her. Okay. And that was great in so many ways, but also, you know, Christians aren't meant and I wasn't especially meant in that stage of life to only have one point of contact, especially
2: someone of the opposite sex that you're
1: attracted to. Yeah, absolutely. And so that is, I will never. Yeah, (laughs) that is not something I support. There (laughs) is, there's, you know, there's a lot of books that could be written from my vantage point on things that could have been done differently and things that absolutely, yeah, can be talked about. But it kind of clicked. So she was, I was able to connect her with a, a good group of. Bible-believing Bible girls, and then through that end of junior year, just the relationship got really heavy, and things got incredibly heavy between us, and a lot of that had to do with where I was with my own walk, and I started seeing that really impact the entire environment that I was in, Okay, and one of my close, close friends that I swam with, she was a year above me. She was really my only other Christian friend that was on the team. Mm. And she was dating this guy who then they became engaged and they got married and actually got to photograph their wedding for them. Okay. He was a really strong Christian and he and I were really close, but just with the scheduling in college, weren't able to see each other you know, as much as I would have liked. Okay. But what happened was I kind of had another, I would say much more of a wake up, Wake up call, uh, summer going into my senior year because mm-hmm. I was back here for the entire summer and I was actually able to be really uh, consistent with going to church here in the summers yeah. uh, because my schedule with work lined mm-hmm. up where I had my Sundays open and I had my evenings open to go to a young adult group. So really, the pandemic kind of was one of those stepping stones the Lord used to bring you back to like a Defin- steady connection yeah. with Him. Oh, that's De- cool. Definitely, okay. yeah. When the pandemic hit, yeah. But going into senior year of college. It was another, yeah. I was slapped in the face basically Um. of the way you're living is not sustainable whatsoever, like in any way. Mm. And it was extremely convicting and it gave me a lot of motivation. And as soon as I got back, I basically restructured my entire college life. Yeah. And I kind of set up for the first part of that year, I set up Pretty consistent phone calls with leaders that I respected and really connected to back here. Um, so Josh and Bree Lewis, yeah. Riley Monzo, like, and those conversations were incredible and really, really uplifting. I started just getting forming good habits with the Lord as far as intentional time with Him and focusing on that growth and doing okay. that self inventory of, you know, what have been what have I been doing that hasn't been honoring God or hasn't been working.
2: So almost like you were given the time to really process through kind of examine your life mm-hmm. and look at the things that were pros and cons, the things that were beneficial mm-hmm. and the things that were tearing you down. Yeah. And really ultimately what in your life was, was pointing you back to God and what yeah. wasn't. And yeah. Okay. I, love that. I had
1: to, you know, say goodbye to some friends and kind of exit out of some friendships there and still holding on to this relationship, but taking it in a completely different manner and completely different approach. Okay. And that friend who was on the swim team, she had graduated and then came back as my assistant coach. Yeah. And her and her husband and I just went to repeatedly just as a you know, an arm or a leg, you know, a a stand really to support me. Mm-hmm. And they were phenomenal in that. And I was really giving my all to a church that I really believed in and really uh, connected with. And I was serving there with photography. Mm. I was talking with the youth pastor and meeting with him on a normal basis. I was plugged in with another Bible group. And so it was kind of that, that brick laying. Yeah. Before like, you came home and got yeah, back here. And where I was that. just really strengthening and rebuilding these foundations that had kind of become eroded in a sense. What a cool
2: process, man
1: yeah and yeah I, I look back at the those experiences or those times in a, in a bible group that was you know four other people mm-hmm. on a good night and yeah. just loving the conversation and loving what we were reading and how we were connecting and exploring the lord and uh i really want to serve in youth ministry i always have yeah but i knew i wasn't in a spot that i think i was happy with mm-hmm. And I wanted to wait and just, you know, kind of not prove myself in a works manner of speaking, but yeah. really just make sure that I was solid before I was gonna you know, be in a to position you, to yeah. pour out to be you. Be in a healthy place. So yeah, yeah. I, I kept on waiting and putting it off. And then after spring break senior year, or right before spring break, of my senior year, I was like, all right, yeah. After spring break, I'm, I'm getting plugged in youth ministry and yeah. we're, you know, up and up. And you know, I came back here for spring break, and then never went back. <laughs> <laughs> something because, happened in twenty twenty. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, something. Like airports weren't working. Something. Or... Yeah, <laughs> you were grounded, man. You were <laughs> yeah, grounded, man. I
2: was grounded. Yeah. Okay, wow. very cool. Very mm-hmm. cool. So you've graduated college. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're walking back to the Lord. You finish mm-hmm. out here at home because mm-hmm. everybody's at home. you Yeah. Know, uh, okay. In the spring 2020 yeah,
1: well actually no i finished in kentucky because i oh, stayed with you? my my oh. college girlfriend's family oh there you go so oh, okay. I, yeah i didn't get back here till after i had graduated in may
2: gotcha that's right so so i remember
1: uh that summer
2: uh i started hearing your name right people were just like oh ian anderson's back like you got to talk to ian Anderson." i must have heard it from like half a dozen people and i'm like i don't know who this ian anderson is I mean so, like youth ministry in twenty twenty was, was crazy as it was and I was just trying to hold things together and our team was just trying to keep youth ministry going by using any means necessary. And it was that summer that we were using the tent and meeting outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was that summer you and I started talking. I think at mm-hmm. some point, I can't remember if it was yeah, either it was, Ju- it was, I think it was July. It was in the fall actually. Oh, was it more August? Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you and I had a, had a, our, my typical, you know, meeting with a, a potential youth leader and I kind of lay the hammer down, let you know everything that's expected of you. And you know, now, you know, I'm so glad that you, you did Ian. It's been a, it's real been an amazing time serving with you. Uh, this last Christmas, uh, the award you got from our leader <laughs> Christmas party was, was the equalizer. Cause as I get older, you know, I'll be 38 this year doing youth ministry for close to 18 years. Um, I don't like it necessarily, but I'm becoming more of the grouchier, like, dad figure, you know? And so to have- It's, a, it's you know, an iconic role to fill, though, so really just- I think it needs to be there. <laughs> I think it does, you know? Especially if some of these kids don't have solid dads, you know, and things like that. I, I think the Lord uses that to fill that void. Um, but, you know, you being here, you're 27 or 25, you Mm -hmm. know, so you're over 10 years younger than me. And you just bring that energy that I remember bringing when I was 25 in youth ministry (laughs) and just the goofiness and just like the being able to play the games and things like that, you know? And, and, um, so yeah, you're definitely the equalizer, you know, um, along with just a good friend, man. Um, so how has it been serving back in the church that you got saved in, that you were first discipled in? Um, I mean, how, how has it been, man?
1: It's been so special, and it's been such a, such a thing that I get to pause on and really reflect just with a lot of gratitude because, you know, even, even though kids these days, you know, <laughs> even though kids these days, they're going through, even from two years ago when the pandemic was really just in full swing or three, four, five years ago yeah. from when I graduated high school, they're going through such different obstacles, and they're faced with such a different... Um, just cacophony of noises. Yeah, definitely different dynamics for sure. Totally different dynamics. Yeah. But even with that, they are still youth, they are still kids and they're still just absolutely cherished by by Jesus. Yeah. And So to step back into a domain where I get to then try to fill the shoes that these great guys did for me as youth leaders when I was in high school, mm-hmm. that's just an honor that I can't even really begin to put into words because it's not, it's not even about me. It's just like you get the you get the kingdom vision and that kind of eternal mindset of we're putting we're putting down bricks for the house, you know. It talks yeah. about you know Christ being a cornerstone. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when you think about what a cornerstone is, is that's the most important part of a foundation for our house because if the cornerstone's off, then the whole house is gonna fall. Yeah, absolutely. And so having Christ as that cornerstone in such a pivotal point in a teen in a teenager's life or you know, preteen is really special and I love serving with the junior and senior guys because that's when when I was in high school I got to connect the most with my leaders and you know they're, they're, at, they're at a stage where they are young men and you know mm-hmm. we have to have conversations that are pretty real and raw about yeah you know actions and consequences and the ways of the world but also they're also at a point where we, I can connect with them and yeah you know they can connect with me and there can be that More of a relationship that you know is God honoring and ties into fellowship and ties into that community. Yeah, you have more of that
2: bigger brother, bigger brother in Christ type type relationship with a lot of these guys, you know, Um, where you're just out of you know by a couple years, but just out of what they're looking to step into in Mm -hmm. some way or fashion. Mm -hmm. I think your testimony brings hope. You know, a lot of a lot of what I hear as a youth pastor is. You know, the statistics are 90% of kids don't <laughs> come back to Jesus when they go to college. And I know that there is there is a reason for those, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. there is a, a good, solid group of of our youth that go into college or go into the world and walk away from the church. And I I think your testimony can bring such hope because it reminds us that those years, even though the responsibility of being an adult is put on you mm-hmm. by our society, by, by you know, by hopefully like, the you know, in the sense of our hope that you would become a man that produces mm-hmm. like into our society and into our churches. Um, the fact is, you know, you, you show that that even though you struggled in your faith, you struggle with choices, you're still pliable enough. And you had, even with like only having like three or four years in the Lord, there was enough foundation or seed planted mm-hmm. that you had the conviction. You You felt that guilt when you weren't, obeying God or you weren't a place that was pursuing God and it was enough to where when you were given like an open door in a sense or mm-hmm. it hit a mountaintop right mm-hmm. and you look back at that valley you were in and you go okay that wasn't fun like, <laughs> like those choices did not bring me joy or peace or, or you know growth uh, in the right direction and so I want to make some different moves mm-hmm. you know and it really seems like your testimony can encourage these young men and young women. That yeah, this next season of your life, as you step out of high school and out of your parents' shelter um, and kind of their covering, and even maybe away from the church that you've been raised in, mm-hmm. you're gonna have a lot of choices. Mm-hmm. And you're going to make mistakes. Yeah, you're gonna do things that you regret. You know, mm-hmm. hopefully not. They don't leave too big a scars on you. Um, remember that choices have consequences. Yeah. like oh, yeah. that doesn't go away just because you're in college. Um, but that the Lord is there, man. He's he's waiting for you to realize. He's waiting for you. He's patient with us. Um, And then here you are, man, you've got, you're basically getting to be one of the young men that, you know, discipled
1: you, you've Mm -hmm. been
2: reproduced and now (laughs) you
1: get to disciple
2: in that kind of same way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, part of that is just the structure that that the youth group here has lends itself to that in such a special way. And, you know, if there's one thing that I do really want to continue to implement in just the small groups or in any conversation with any kid there is that you can't doubt the power of Jesus. You can't, mm. you can't define his power in a box and be like, okay, no, so I'll, I'll yeah. follow him here and then when I go to college I won't, because Jesus is going to be chasing after you the entire time. Mm. It's just dependent on where are you looking, yeah. you know, are you going to look for him or are you going to try to just avert your eyes and focus on the world or the self? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, mistakes absolutely happen. and. The, the unfortunate part is when the shame kinda cuts into that mm-hmm. and divides and separates. Yeah. And that can be really hard to adjust to, but falling into that grace and accepting that and just believing scripture and the words that it says. Yeah. It's good. Was yeah, huge too because mm. you use then those mistakes or those areas that you lived in as a data point and as a reference to all right, this is what happened or this is what can happen. Yeah. And good. I have this limitless fount of love and grace and just the best thing ever in Jesus. And so I love it, man. There's one direction for me and that's to him.
2: Yeah. So would you say even during those times, man, that that like now looking back, it's like, man, it really is. Like the only path like to to becoming the man that you are today was through him. You know, your identity who you, who you are, what you stand for, your, your moral stability, like all those things, it was, it was a path to Jesus rather than to the things of the world.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, undoubtedly. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, when you look at your fundamental behavior and you disagree with it, you have to go back to the, to the fundamentals. And yeah, oh, I like it. If your yeah. fundamental isn't Jesus, then your actions really, they're going to follow suit with that. And that's not to say, you know, broad spectrum. Yeah. If you're not Christian, you're a person, but it's, it's the action of the heart. Yeah. And that, that, how you apply that. It's good, man. It's good. All right. Well, we're about out of
2: time, but real quick, I want to, I want to hear over the last two and a half years or so that you've been serving with me. Um, what is your favorite memory? What is the most awkward moment? So I want to hear both of those so quick, <laughs> like, quickly like depict both of those. Okay.
1: Favorite memory in youth group. Who? Let's see. Any of the camps, yeah, honestly, absolutely. the camps are so fun. And you've been done both middle school and high school. Yeah, I've say, done yeah. both middle school and high school. And honestly, like you could pick any of the camps, you could pick the, the, you know, if I want to get sentimental and really looking for just high value, go to the senior trip, Tahoe last year, senior trip, absolutely. but I think uh, probably just connecting um, with my high school guys at the middle school camp. In Alta in 2021. Oh, and th- we brought high schoolers to mm-hmm. uh, middle school camp yeah. to serve and you to, to serve head and over the teams. The, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And, you know, I just I just got to get in the water with one of the guys and kind of introduce him to to swimming because you yeah, know, he comes from a background that you know he didn't know how to swim and just those little things that you don't really attribute to a camp or to youth group. Yeah, that's the beauty that I think this youth program has is that we have just experience together. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think most awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Maybe at that campus. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Uh, Oh geez, I mean you're working with with kids and I'm already awkward enough and so funny things can be said. Yeah. Things that just kind of come out of someone's mouth, you, you gotta do a double take i think i wouldn't be able to narrow it down to one but again i think it goes to the camps yeah i think it goes to camps. camps for sure for yeah. sure man yeah. or maybe yeah. when the kid gets you know in trouble or has been you know out of line and then there's you know the correction happens and then all, everyone else is just on pins and needles just yeah. being like can we breathe like can we, can we, like, what, what's going on? It's like, no, no, like, you guys are all good. Like, yeah. we, we just. You know.
2: <laughs> yeah, last night I had to bust into your small group, uh, with my dad voice on a bit and, uh, pull one of your boys out. And, oh, yeah. Classic. I, you guys did, they, they got really quiet. If they were, they were in a room, I pulled this kid into a hallway and I just started laying into him
1: and, and Ian's group just got quiet. Right. It's like, I was oh, like, guys, gosh. I'm sure it's fine. If we need to know, we'll know. Like, you know, trying not to draw more attention, but like, he's probably just talking about, you know, something. Totally different. They're like, "Oh, okay." I'm like, "Yeah, trust me. You know when when, when you know you, when you need to be corrected by Josh." And we kind of like stop for a second, and then we hear Josh outside. I'm like, "Okay, no, no, no. Yeah, so um, that's Josh's uh, correcting voice right now. Uh, don't mess up. <laughs> yeah.
2: Everyone, shut up. Yeah. All right, man. Well, Ian, man, I really appreciate your heart. I appreciate your your willingness to serve Jesus in the way you have the last couple of years. It's been such a blessing serving with you. I look forward to." this summer it's coming up man we got you know camps and mission trips and all that good stuff we got our senior trip coming up in May and you know I look forward to however long the Lord keeps you here to serve Mm -hmm. in this ministry with me and with these kids and thank you so much for sharing your testimony today and just being honest and real and um, you know any youth out there that are in a place where they're looking to the future and they're worried about how college is going to impact them or kind of the next season of life um, reach out I can connect you Mm -hmm. with Ian and I'm sure he'd love to, to touch base with you and just kind of encourage you through this next season. Um, so, uh, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, and I would, yeah, I would love that too because that's something that, you know, I tried to talk a lot, a bit more about with the seniors that graduated in the spring was just, yeah, like you will have a lot of experiences in college. A mm-hmm. lot good, a lot bad. You're going to learn a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But like the most important thing is that just don't lose sight of who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to, He's not going to cast you aside. He wants you to follow him. That's good, man. Thanks for that. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for tuning in to
2: another What's the Wi-Fi Password podcast. Um, you can find us at uh, on Instagram at YM Calvary. Uh, you can contact me at joshuas at calvary.com. Um, go ahead and send me an email. Say hi. If you've got any questions or concerns or worries or tummy aches, I'd love to hear about them. Um, if you got anything that you think could stump this jump, go ahead and send me a question. I'd love to do an episode just on questions and all that good stuff. Um, but anyway, thanks for tuning in, guys. I love you. Um, be encouraged. Continue to follow after Jesus. And uh, I'll see you guys next time. All right, take it
0: easy. Thank you for listening. For more information about Calvary Monterey's youth ministry, Go to Calvary.com/slash youth or follow us on Instagram at YMCalvary. Catch you guys next time. Peace.